DBHDD is reminding Georgians to ask their doctor about alternatives to opioid pain medication. Alternatives such as over-the-counter medications and physical therapy can be used to manage pain. More information at opioidresponse.info. This weekend, second best meets second worst at the Super Bowl in Atlanta. And I'm not talking about the teams, but fans. An Emory University study released last summer found New England Patriots the number two NFL team fan base. Los Angeles Rams fans ranked number 31 second from the bottom. Emory University marketing professor Mike Lewis designed that study and the ranking and is here to talk a little bit about its economic implications. Mike, welcome. Thank you. How do you rate a fan base? Well, fandom is um, fandom's a tricky issue because if you think about what fandom really is, it's something that um, occurs within the consumer, within the person's, within the person's head. And so, you know, fandom is based on some notion of, you know, self-identity or the community that they belong to. But to measure a fan base, you know, we've got to we've got to look at things that the fans actually do. And so what I take a look at is uh, fan behaviors in terms of spending on a team, in terms of following uh, teams on social media. So relating kind of the psychological to the economic behaviors. So you've got your measures, fan equity, social equity, road equity. Let's get into some of those. And let's just listen to some Patriots fan. These are fans reacting to the win that got their team to the Super Bowl this year. It came in one story to come in and to win a game. And that's what Brady did three times in this game. We're going for six rings. Six rings, baby. Six rings. We did a huge play today. Defense came through. Defense played their part. We are going to the Super Bowl, baby. (laughs) Well, certainly enthusiastic. What makes those Patriots fans rank so highly? Well, you know, the the one word that I'm going to key on on that clip is uh, the word we. I mean, and and so the fan is literally screaming about, we are going to have six rings. We showed up, uh, you know, our defense. And and so you can see that, you know, from the process of, you know, look, this is group consumption. People are watching these games together. When the team wins, it's a group success. And so that's, you know, that that encapsulates how fandom is really, is, is usually built. Here's some Rams fans. I think this game was amazing. We got, we're once we're one step closer to the Super Bowl. I'm so excited. It was absolutely fantastic. They deserve it to win. Kind of special beating the Dallas Cowboys. 100. percent I mean, you saw that uh, 30 percent of the population was here for the Cowboys. Exactly. More than that. Maybe maybe more than 30 <laughs> percent. So another random sample there. <laughs> what do you hear? Any revelations in the difference? Well. You know, the, so that was from uh, one of the earlier rounds of the playoffs when the, the when the Rams beat the Cowboys, and you know it, it's it's tough with a small sample size of just a f- couple of folks uh, talking or screaming or not screaming, but you know maybe there's a little less passion and craziness for the Rams fandom. Um, the, it's interesting that they reference the Cowboys and how you know 30% of the stadium might have been Cowboys fans. The Cowboys rank very high on these lists uh, on the the fan rankings as well. So that's my question to you: Do the does the ferocity or love of the fans have any measure on team performance? You know, in in the short term, 
probably not. But I mean, I think it's I think it's a really interesting point in that, um, and you know, because we could abstract from being a fan to talking about consumer brands. And so, if you've got consumers or voters or, or whatever that is really passionate about your product or your service, in the long term, that's only going to be a a net asset to whatever the organization is. And so if you're a team and you've got hardcore support that is always going to show up, even when you're struggling, that's going to change the revenue dynamics. That's going to change the appeal of playing on the team to free agents. And so there is a, there, there's going to be a, a positive consequence, a positive feedback loop. Mm-hmm. And as you said, you are, of course, measuring dollars. And let's look at dollars. One seller on StubHub has lower level club seats for the big game at the 50-yard line for $42,500. So how does an event and that kind of cost at the Super Bowl increase fan equity, as you call it. Well, so what what I would look at that as a measure of how much passion there is for the NFL and how much passion there is for this game. When I think of the Super Bowl, you know, I'll, I'll use the term that's almost like it's a sports and it's a marketing holiday. And so this is an event that, and I don't know if the, the seller is going to get $42,000 for the ticket. That sounds... Uh, astonishing to me. But it, it points out that, you know, people are willing to, you know, spend an annual income to be part of an event, which, you know, reflects just the intensity of fandom. If Patriots fans do outrank Rams fans, does that mean that the New England folks are likely to spend more money in Atlanta than the LA fans, you know, buying sports gear or shell out more in general? I don't know if they'll I don't know if they'll spend more. I, I suspect what you would see if you could if you could drill into the data, maybe looking at StubHub and seeing where people are buying tickets, they're, they're probably more likely to attend. Mm-hmm. And so they're more likely to show up. They're more likely to fill hotel rooms. They're more likely to go to restaurants. And so it's going to it's gonna work that way, um, you know, more likely to travel. Right. So that's the road equity idea, mm-hmm. that yeah. they're going to spend money on the road. Social equity is another factor in your ranking. So fans who can't make it to Atlanta are, are still going to travel tweet about it. Could that social equity of that brand, like the New England Patriots, actually boost Atlanta's brand? So with with the social equity measure, you know, I'm looking at engagement beyond being in the stadium. So it's, it's a way to capture fandom more broadly than just who can who can fit in a stadium. In terms of the the Atlanta brand, you know, the Atlanta hosting the Super Bowl is an interesting event to the civic to the city to the civic leaders because it's all about exposure, and so you know, having a team like the Patriots in there with a really intense following and more of a national following probably does increase the attention paid on played uh, paid to the game mm-hmm. whether it's tv broadcast and now in you know 2019 you know tweeting facebook instagram etc so it's it's an exposure play for the city here in Atlanta, though, residents can't go anywhere without seeing other brands capitalize on this moment. Local startups like Roadie have rented billboards. Bud Light Night covers at least two sides of a building downtown. So how are these brands translating football fandom into dollar signs, capitalizing on that ferocity? Well, and, and I would use the word, and I think the industry likes the word transference at this point. And so... You know, people are crazy about sports. I mean, you know, there's absolute passion. There, there's loyalty that exceeds the loyalty you're going to see in any other category. So there's there's long been a tradition of brands trying to connect themselves to the Super Bowl, to you know, uh, to the, to players, to you know, to teams. I mean, and, and this, um, I mean, it's kind of 
you know, at least from a historical perspective, this has been going on for for decades. I think the first big one was actually Joe Namath doing a Noxema ad in um, maybe 1975 or 1976. And so it's it's an effort to, you know, fans love Joe Namath back in the day. Fans love or hate Tom Brady right now. And brands want to, you know, connect to that. So you're in your industry that you study, marketing is all about taking the desire for a product or service and turning it into a sale. We can call it transference or capitalizing. How can the city of Atlanta derive the greatest financial success from this Super Bowl fever? Well, I think I think there's two things. So in the short term, you know, doing the you know having the Super Bowl is is going to be a boost to to the local economy, right? So you're getting folks to fly in. The hotel rooms are filled. The restaurants are full. Longer term, you know, this is an opportunity. Well, I'll say the key word is probably exposure. And so this is putting Atlanta on, um, on everyone's radar screen. So if Atlanta can execute this well, if everything works in the city, people have a good experience, that's where the positive payoff is going to come for Atlanta in the long term. Emory University marketing professor Mike Lewis, he's developed statistical models to track fandom. Thanks so much. Thank you. Just ahead, Georgia's music industry is getting political. Join us for a look at the newly created Georgia Entertainment Caucus when On Second Thought continues. 